Blog Talk Radio. Yes, yes, yes. Here we are. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Fantasy Jester Show, brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com. Tonight, we're going to talk baseball, who's surprising you, good and bad. JT and I will bring you that. Also, tonight, we'll be getting you ready for the coming NFL draft, you know, where we're going to talk about, you know, and in true form, and saving the best intro for last tonight. It's going to be my pleasure to have Cleveland Indians radio announcer and the host of Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhaus, will be calling into the show tonight live, folks. We are excited to bring you that. Uh, and a great interview uh, we have planned for him. He has uh, he's agreed to uh, spend time with us. We are honored. Now, before we bring everyone into the show, for those of you who are listening to our special 420 edition, <laughs> you know we had a website launch party uh, the night of the show. And if you haven't heard it, folks, uh, go to fantasyjesterssports.com, click on the radio shows, pull up uh, the archived edition. It is really a show, I, I, it was probably one of the most fun shows I've been involved with. Uh, and um, so, you know, if you were listening to that, at that show, we had wrestler Bill Crude on. And most of the night, he was, as billed, ornery. At the end of the show, Bill challenged Joey from BreadFromYourBed.com to wrestle. What Bill didn't know is Joey is a former MMA undefeated fighter. Six matches. He had a couple of matches. Not, uh, not saying he had this long-ass career and all that. No. But he was undefeated MMA fighter. And he can fight and wrestle. And... and you know, Joey damn near put Bill in a suplex when one of Bill's friends, uh, he brought a couple of wrestling friends in. Great time. It was a great party. I'm not complaining about any of this. Uh, one of Bill's friends jumped in, and all this uh, while people and help are scurrying to clear the area, okay? Because now you can see this, we're just going to have fun with this now. So funny as hell, until they – we're literally both beating on Joey. Now, after a show where Bill was calling me out to wrestle him in June, I took it upon myself to say, no, no, I'm not going to wait till June now. So I joined in and had Joey grab the table away from the wall and proceeded to pick Bill up over my shoulder, fireman style. And as you heard, and uh, for those of you that are going to hear it, I mean, like I said, I, I'm not really going to spoil it because I can't do it justice until you, uh, until you actually hear the show. Um, the show ended on a young lady's scream, and, and the night was just beginning. Uh, 
as I put Bill Crude through the table. Now, for over an hour, people uh, who were believed to be grown men acted like idiots, seeing who could outdo the others. And uh, the last try of the night was when the wrestling was taken outside. Bill came off. uh, I have uh, several ladders on the one side of my property. And uh, Bill went and grabbed one. I have a 12-foot step ladder. And literally went to the top of the ladder uh, uh, to show a move that he can do into his buddies. I mean, it was it was insanity, folks. Absolute insanity. So, you know, basically the final score of the matches that night was uh, one broken folding table, two broken chairs, one elbow that needed ice. And we have one neighbor who must have had an interesting opinion of the people who they had just moved next door to only the day prior. These people are brand new to the neighborhood, and this is what's going on the very next day. So uh, I can only imagine what they're thinking. But the uh, the liquor bill was almost as remarkable, and trust me, uh, I've never had one like this, but it was almost as remarkable as a fact that how much Joe, excuse me, Joey from breadfromyourbed.com can eat. Now, he's not a heavy guy, so you don't think, if you're going to invite him, you don't think that you're about to feed a small village. And that's what happened. I mean, I've never seen anybody eat like that, folks, and still be able to play around and all that. He must have a metabolism. I don't understand all right, but anyway, next let's bring in uh, let's bring in JT because uh, uh, I owe him a bit of thanks, uh, don't I? Uh, I? I think I do. JT, uh, how are you tonight? How's everything? Chester, I'm doing great. Uh, it sounds like I'm doing a little better than you are here in uh, Columbus, Ohio. I'm I, personally, I am. Uh, I'm fine. I just, uh, you know. I want to say thank you for inciting Bill last week. I, I really do appreciate that. And uh, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Anytime I can help you, all you you don't even have to ask. That's just the kind of guy I am. That's that shiny halo that I was telling you about. See, I, I'm here to help you. Beautiful. And, and you know what else would you do for me besides be a thorn in my side? And now um, here's the thing. Uh, you do know that in June, I'll be uh, asked to get uh, into the ring. Bill's talking to the promoter. This really could happen, you know. Well, wasn't that the idea to begin with, though? There's a message to my madness, see. There, I mean, you know, so that was the plan to begin with, see. When Bill first approached me with the idea of, you know, basically putting the gesture in his place, I said, you know, I I can't think of anything better. Yeah, and I'm sure at any opportunity that people can take a shot at the big guy, including my partner, it seems, folks, uh, people are going to do that, and that's fine. You're not the first. You're not the last. Um, but I will tell you, it was a great time. I, I don't know. It really was. I, I really can't talk about the, the roundtable discussion, JT, getting everybody's opinion and, you know, 
you brought something to my attention. Yeah, uh, and you know I'm gonna you know show. I'm gonna ask you. I was I was a little I was a little taken back. I mean, after all those conflicting opinions out there, not one stop it. Uh, it was a festive uh, party. The that will stay on the Fantasy Jester show. That was really just something that you know I was having a good time and really. I didn't you have a malice it. bone in my... It's not like you. I can go ahead and go through a show and actually be nice the whole show. And I think I did a good job of that last week in the uh, face of adversity. And, um, you know, that's why I think that tonight, my stop, it has to go to uh, Bill Crude. Not just for... <laughs> but, no, now listen... Not just for, let's be honest, okay, we had fun. I can't complain, all right? The, the wrestling, the breaking out into the wrestling, like I said, we acted like idiots for, for a while after, okay, uh, just to see who could outdo who. You, it, it gets like that sometimes with guys. Yeah, right? it happens. Yeah, but here's, here's the, uh, the kicker in this is that now – I'm going to have to be in a ring and not know where anything's coming from. Well, you know, like I heard Bill say it, you know, you you better watch your back. You better get some eyes in the back of your head. You might want to see if uh, Joey from Bread From Your Bed is uh, available to be your uh, corner man that night. There are so many things that really it came out of that show. And like I said, the round table discussion, absolutely fantastic. Wanted to go ahead and, and give a stop. It didn't. If anybody truly uh, was going to get one, it was going to be Bill. And it wasn't going to be for the wrestling or the call out. I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the show. Uh, Mrs. Jester. Um, <laughs> This is just as ye of little faith. I mean, she's thinking I'm going to get my uh, behind handed to me, and uh, I think I can stand up. Now, her her problem is, and she's starting to make me think about it, is the idea of uh, well, how many how many people well, he could bring out. Right, but wait, how long has Mrs. Jester been Mrs. Jester? Probably longer than she really wants to be, Mrs. Jester, at this point. Right, um, that so, poor woman. you got to figure, whatever we've been married, okay, multiply it times 10. The woman's a saint, you know. But well, yeah, I here's, mean, no doubt. That goes without saying. His, his prediction, his prediction on the uh, the Cincinnati Giants. Now, I am. Yeah, a, that, the part on. that got me, and I'm sorry, and I, I think I may have, you know, accidentally alluded to it on the 420 show Eli's breakout year isn't he like 57 I mean he's, he's broke out a few times already they have won Eli, a couple of Super Bowls when he said Eli's breakout year okay for those of you who haven't gotten used to the tagline stop it Eli's breakout year stop it you shouldn't be talking football okay that man took one, one too many uh, chairs to the head uh, that is a wrestler. I can't wait to, you know, really, I'm looking forward to getting in the ring. All right. I, I personally, well, I'm surprised that man's still walking. If you saw how well, skimped up he is. Let me ask you this. So if you break out in your 12th season, would that qualify as a late bloomer? It, it qualifies as a wrestler talking where he shouldn't, but you know what? Here's what's good. 
We're about to bring in uh, a person who should be talking and should be heard on this show. You know, Bill's good for talking about wrestling. He shouldn't be talking about football. Our next guest should be talking baseball. Uh, Probably not so much dog sledding, although who knows? You know, maybe he is qualified in that. But, you know, it's all fun and games for you. You can incite Bill from 1,200 miles away. I'm going to switch gears and go right now to the idea that, folks, it is my privilege and it's my honor to bring in our next caller. He's in his 10th year as part of the Cleveland Indians broadcast team and has teamed up with Tom Hamilton. He's been an engineer and producer for the show. He's curr- he currently hosts Tribe Talk on a weekly basis and also the uh, Indians warm-up. He spent 11 years as the voice of the AAA Buffalo Bisons and is a member of the Buffalo Baseball Hall of Fame since 2011, along with somebody like Tony Pena. That's just awesome to have your name mentioned in anyone's Hall of Fame in my book. Uh, Me, I'm still holding out hope for the pizza eating. No, I'm holding out hope for the pizza eating Hall of Fame. My God! Good news, fans! The Indians are showing signs of life for the first time in weeks. As a matter of fact, they appear to be beating the crap out of each other. It looks like Willie Hayes is trying to hit Rick Vaughn. And why not? Everybody else in the league does. He swings and misses. I don't know, Monty. It looks like Vaughn's carrying his left a little low. This could hurt him in the later rounds. And with that, seriously, folks, again, it is a privilege. It is an honor. Jim Rosenhouse. How are you tonight, Jim? I am doing great. That is awesome stuff. Bob, you <laughs> that, is, that is a staple of any major league clubhouse, by the way. And whenever we don't play the Brewers much anymore because they're in the other league, but when we do, all those one-liners come out like you wouldn't believe. You know, and I was scared to play something like that because I don't know how many times you've probably heard something like that. And I didn't want to be corny and you go like, oh, my God, this guy's playing this for me. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. It never gets old. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Jim, it's great talking to you again. Um, Listen, I have to ask you. Big shot in the arm for the Tribe today. 10-1 to over the Tigers. Kluber looked like the guy that we all expect him to look like, and Gomes showing a little sign of uh, life today. Yeah, a, a good win all the way around, and um, not sure how aware, you know, on a national basis people are, but the Tigers have had the Indians number the last three seasons. Really, yes, they have. You know, Terry Francona has done tremendous work since since he came here and started in the 2013 season. The one thorn in his side has been the series against the Tigers. Going into play Friday night, this this is the first series of the season between the two. Detroit was thirty-seven and nineteen against the Indians. Yeah. Wow! You know, in a couple of those years, it always seemed they were meaningful series, and the Indians would make up ground against other teams, and then they play the Tigers, and it would just be a disaster. So uh, this weekend has been really encouraging. Uh, very early in the season, obviously, but a, a day like today was very encouraging for the Indians. Yeah, it seemed like they were firing on all cylinders. They 
finally were able to get some run support for Kluber. I, I thought it was a great game for you guys. And one of those early season games, I believe, Jim, that can uh, really start, you know, you, if you could shake off that malaise that you feel when you play Detroit early in the season, it, it kind of gives you hope uh, for the rest of the season, doesn't it? Well, in some ways it does. Um, I will say that they actually came in here and took two out of three in the series early last season, too. Um, this, here's the thing with the Tigers. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, I know he kills the league, but he has torched the Indians. Same with Victor Martinez. Same with J.D. Martinez. The Indians have caught, especially Cabrera and J.D. Martinez, at a time where they're not swinging the bats real well, and that's not going to continue. So uh, they've been able to take advantage because, you know, at some point those guys are going to get it rolling and and be who they have been. Um, So it is encouraging, but, you know, you you try not to look too far ahead because this game has a way of, of not sneaking up on you, but... The, the good players do what they do over the course of a long season. And uh, today, though, was a good day, and the Indians made some real progress against Detroit. And I'll tell you this, from the looks of things, the Tigers pitching staff, I mean, Verlander's had a couple nice outings, but I'm, on, I'm wondering if the Tigers are having buyer's remorse on Anibal Sanchez the last 18 months. He just does not look anything like the guys that they thought they were getting. Well, I think a lot of times on, on a long-term contract, uh, you hope to get, obviously, all of the years as good years out of someone. But pitching in particular, it, it can be tough. In the last two seasons, he's had some injury issues, did not look good at all today. His stuff's a little bit short from what it was, and I don't know if that was uh, just a day where you know, he wasn't commanding as well and, and didn't quite have it rolling like he normally would or if that's been a season-long trend. But we've seen him a lot better, I guess, is the best way to put it. Absolutely. Um, I don't necessarily – I don't know that they've had buyer's remorse because, I mean, shoot, 2013, he, he led the league in the Dominant. ERA. And yeah, they've, they've gotten some real good good seasons out of him. But sh- surely at this point, um, they're probably concerned a little bit about, about what's going on. And, and you're right, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, they have some question marks in their rotation, and it'll be interesting to see uh, – how long they just let it play out with those that are in the rotation now or how quickly they, they make some moves to try and shore it up. Right. Right. Now I want to, uh, I want to start asking you, you know, I've had the pleasure of having you here and I am as new as new can be. I was waiting for maybe some kind of broadcaster prank where let's get the new guy and not really call in. So I'm just happy that you're here. First of all, (laughs) you know, I was waiting for some kind of prank to be played. You know, some new guy prank. Here's here's your uh, I I can't, I can't do that to you because a buddy of my brother-in-law set this thing up. If I did that, my name would be Mud in the family. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. since you that, say that, you're off the hook. Since you say that, that 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 brother-in-law asked me to pass yeah. a message along and tell you <laughs> how you doing and hope everything's well. Yes, yeah, well, that's it. Things yeah. things are good. I know he's been busy uh, seeing his son and. Uh, the graduations from uh, certain levels of, of the military. So he's been busy, but uh, things are good. Thank you. Yeah, Nick Nick makes us all proud, makes us all proud. But, uh, you know, Jim, what I want to ask you, uh, everybody, most guys in broadcasting have their influence when they're young. 
You know, who did you grow up listening to? Who was your influence? You know, I don't necessarily know that, that some of these guys were influences, but I enjoyed listening to them. I, I grew up in New Jersey, so we were fortunate. Um, I'm not so much sure how much this happens anymore because there's so many ways to get radio broadcast. Um, you know, on your smartphone, you can get every team's games home and away. But when I was a kid, uh, you know, you had the transistor radio and you pretty much had your local team. But when the sun went down, if if a certain team was on a high-powered AM station, those stations would travel all over the place. So That's living right, in New yeah. Jersey, um, Yankees and Mets was a slam dunk. They were right there. You would get them. And, and I always used to enjoy listening to Phil Rizzuto because he was absolutely hilarious on the Yankees games. Um, Holy cow. Be, yeah, well, right. Holy cow is automatic. And then uh time he wouldn't be watching the game and he would work with Bill White and Frank Messer and they would say, hey, Scooter, right. what happened there? And he, they'd ask him what he had on his scorecard and he would say, WW. And I'm thinking, what the <laughs> heck? You know, I, I feel like I've scored games before. What's WW? Wasn't watching. <laughs> That's what he would have down on his scorecard. Wasn't watching. You know, a guy would hit a double down the line and he got his back turned or was out of the booth. Um, so he, I just, he would make you laugh. And then, so I enjoyed listening to him. Uh, but the Mets had Bob Murphy, who was tremendous for many years. And then uh, just toward my, the tail end of my time there, uh, Gary Thorne started doing games for them. And Gary mm-hmm. Cohen, who's still doing games for them on the TV side now, they were on radio and very fun to listen to. But we, you could pull in when the sun went down. You could pull in Baltimore, Philadelphia, Detroit, as far west as St. Wow. Louis. You get the Cardinals every now and again. Pittsburgh would hey, come in, Boston. So it was everybody. You could hear so many different broadcasters. It was incredible. I, uh, I too, I'm from New Jersey, and I grew up with those guys as my uh, people I listened to, Phil Rizzuto, Frank Mesa, Bill White. That brings back a lot of memories. And also, I would watch, even though I was a Yankees fan growing up, I would watch some Mets games and, and listen to Rouse Kiner and guys like that. And uh, my biggest thing was always that they made the game fun. You know, it was a different feel than Vince Scully. Now I, me personally, I love Vince Scully and guys, both JT and Jim, please tell me uh, if you agree. Vince Scully, listening to him call a game makes you feel like you've traveled back in time where people have less worries, less cares. It makes you feel like you're sitting in the 1940s stadium and he is just as smooth as can be. Am I correct? Doesn't he make you feel like you go back in time, you listen to an older game? I I think that's very fair to say. And the other thing, and and maybe it's because it's it's what I do every day, but you listen to Vin Scully and he'll come up with nuggets and, and you look at, you're wondering how did he know that about that guy? <laughs> you know, some story about what a guy did or what his like second uncle did back home in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> and you're like, man, that's good stuff. And it's interesting because in, in the, the, uh, the, the Indians obviously only, only see the Dodgers, uh, every three years, and and Vince did not make the trips Cleveland. But when we would go out to Los Angeles, you'd meet him, and there's not a nicer person on the planet. He did not know me from a hole in the wall, 
but <laughs> once you introduced yourself, he knew who you were in terms of, of you were one of the broadcasters for the Indians. And he would say hello, and it would be, Jim, how are you? Meet my wife. Beautiful day here in L.A. And it's like he was right in play-by-play mode. And you're like, ah, it's been Skelly. And it just was the best. He's the friendliest person in the world. And uh, when he does hang him up at the end of the year, baseball will will lose an absolute treasure. Yes, he will. Uh, here, here, Jim, I, I, here, here. I have a I have a question for you, Jim, and this is a jump in the gun, but I'd really like your perspective on this. On a national level, how big do you think a Cubs versus Indians World Series would be? Uh, you know what? I think from the and, – and just saying this honestly, I, I think from the Cubs' perspective, it would it would just blow away anything from the Indian side of things because there is so much hype about the Cubs now because they're good. They're very good. Um, very I think good. the Indians are good too, but uh, I mean, it just being, and I, for the, I guess the perspective is uh, we both train in Arizona and hmm. a Cubs game is a circus in spring training for crying out loud. The games don't mean <laughs> an darn thing and you can't get a ticket when the Cubs show up, whether it's at your park or their park, their park, you can barely get into a game unless you buy tickets in advance. And when they come to your complex, forget it. You better have tickets in advance or you're not getting in. They came to, to the Indians complex and it sold out quickly, very quickly. So um, the hype machine for the Cubs, because it's been so long, uh, is, is off the charts, absolutely off the charts. Now, the Indians, you're looking at 1948, which is a long, long time. And right. I think for the city of Cleveland, it's huge. But here's the thing. The, the Indians had that run in the 90s where they had very good clubs and were in the playoffs every year and went to the World Series twice. So they're, they're kind of still on that radar a little bit of recent vintage where I, you can't say that about the Cubs. I know they, they were in there last year, but uh, it's a little bit different for the Cubs. And, and I think it would be neat. Uh, it, would, it would be something else because no one's going to win the World Series or hasn't won it in a long, long time. Right. Nice, nice. And that's true. That is 100% true. And, you know, one of the reasons why we can have that kind of discussion is not just the uh, Cubs talent on their team, but I have something to share with you. And and I want your input on this, Jim, uh, as far as this. I, despite being a Yankees fan, I am a huge Tito fan. Uh, I love him. I think he's a fantastic coach, uh, great with the players, knowledgeable, uh, and he seems like a down-to-earth guy. I haven't had the opportunity yet to speak to him. Uh, I'm hoping one day that I can just just to be able to pick his baseball mind. But uh, recently, Tito had said that uh, on-base percentage is greater than speed because if you're back in the dugout, fast uh, that's no good it doesn't matter you know and um what do you feel has been uh tito's greatest attribute that he has brought to the team his experience his personality how he handles the guys what do you feel is uh been the greatest thing that gives the indian fans hope well a lot of things that you said and and i mean with him it's the communication uh you know for instance at well the day game tomorrow and there's a chance that, that he might rest a regular or, or two. 
he's already told those players that if they're not going to be in the lineup tomorrow, he's already told them that so that they, they're not waking up in the morning thinking they're going to be in the lineup, get to the ballpark they're not, and, and it's a different feel. They know going to bed tonight that they're not going to be in the starting lineup tomorrow, and they can plan accordingly. They might want to get some extra work in on something, and it makes a big difference. And then he tells the players who might be bench guys that they are going to be in the lineup tomorrow, and those guys can prepare accordingly. And it's that communication. Uh, He has hard conversations with players. It's not easy. But he says as long as you are honest with them and communicate with them, it makes it easier to have the hard conversations because that's a big part of the game. Players appreciate it. I can't tell you how many bench players have told me that he is the best at keeping them involved in the team. They don't sit for two weeks at a time and then are expected to come in and, and go four for four. He keeps guys sharp who are not everyday players, and he takes care of his everyday players to make sure they don't get run into the ground. So uh, players appreciate his communication. He keeps things loose. I'm going to tell you right now, that with the year they made the playoffs in 2013, Tito was at his best when the Indians had a couple of lengthy losing streaks that year. People forget that, but they did, and that's when he was at his best because there was no panic. Everything was the same. He went about his daily routine the same. There was no sense of, oh, my God, we've lost seven in a row. How are we going to get out of this? The manager's making some crazy moves here to shake things up. What do we think now? None of that was taking place, and that to me was really impressive. Nice. And what it probably does for a ball player, too, uh, what you were talking about at the beginning with knowing that they're not going to play tomorrow or conversely that they might play, it gives a player a sense of comfort knowing that the manager is on top of things. He's thought things out. He's already thinking ahead. He isn't panicked, like you just said. Uh, That has to be incredible for a player uh, and their comfort. Uh, Before you go, Jim, uh, I let – I don't want JT, you know, JT will cry like a little schoolgirl if he didn't get enough questions, if he doesn't get enough questions in. Okay. Right, and I got to stay for a little bit. Let him get some questions. You know, <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, hey. the thing is this, okay. I have to live with him for several episodes now after this. See, you can go and not have to deal with him. Uh, I do. So uh, JT, go ahead. I know you got another great well, question for him. Well, first and foremost, I listened to, Jim being, I live here in Columbus, Ohio, I can listen to him every game, see, and I do. So, enough of that. Favorite okay. park besides Cleveland you've called a game in? Wow, that's a tough one because there's so many good ones now. Um, you know what, I really like Seattle a lot, and, and maybe because it's so unique with the, you know, the, the roof that can come on and off. We were there one year. Uh, Sunday afternoon, beautiful Sunday afternoon in the fourth inning, the clouds come in, it starts raining, and boom, within 10 minutes, they had the roof covering the ballpark, and, and play was never halted. It was tremendous. And it, it's just a it's a really neat ballpark, well thought out, well done, neat location. Uh, and it's just so different from anything I'm used to having grown up on the East Coast and, and then now spent a lot of time in the Midwest. Uh, the upper Northwest is so different. So I think that's part of it too, how, how unique that area of the country. Uh, another good one too is uh, AT&T park in San Francisco. That's, oh, that's park is gorgeous. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the, just the view. Um, 
and and they they always get big crowds and they love their Giants who have been so good for a while now. Uh, so that's a good one too. I know I'm only supposed to pick one, but that's, well, those are two. Really at, good at, ones. When we when we talked uh, a couple weeks ago, I told you I'm an Oakland fan, so obviously you know I have ballpark envy. So you know pretty much that's every not a team in Oakland's not a favorite. <laughs> Although I will say this, I love their fans. <laughs> get a whole lot of them. But the ones who are there are hilarious, and they yes. they pack their team, and they have a heck of a time in in a ballpark that has long ago outlived its usefulness. <laughs> yeah, last upgrade was 1968, so we're we're overdue. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and while we're on that lighthearted thing, because you know, obviously with the name Fantasy Jester, uh, I, I have a whole other side of me that isn't serious. And I've heard that uh, Kipnis is the funny man in the clubhouse. Is that true, or does he have any competition? You know what? Um, yeah, he's he's got a good sense of humor. Um, kind of the, you know, there's a couple of guys in there. You always keep an eye on relievers because they have <laughs> a, a lot of time to think about stuff. So uh, there's some some guys in that bullpen that you'd never know it. But uh-huh. if, if something funny happens in the clubhouse, look around and look near the, the lockers of the relievers, and you may find your culprit. I guess that's the is, best way to put it. What I'm is not going to name funniest? names. That's not fair. No, no. I don't saying. want you to name names, okay? Yeah. But what that's is the part funniest? Of the, that's part of the ball club. <laughs> yeah, I got you. No, no, no. no. And that's fine. Yeah. I don't want you to name names, but what is the funniest story that you can share with us on the air? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not really sure. I mean, there's always <laughs> funny stuff going on, and, and a lot of it is just that that kind of day-to-day stuff. But, you know, you mentioned Tito and and what makes him um, fun to be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, spring training, the Indians, their, their ballpark, they share with the Reds. And then where the teams work out and have their clubhouses and it, it, their complexes, are about the Indians is about a quarter mile away from the ballpark. So on a game day, the the coaches and the manager they'll they'll take some golf carts over to the ballparks and a lot of times the, the GM and some other front office staffers they'll walk over because you know, it's always nice in Arizona in the spring. Well last year these guys would be walking back after the game. You're talking about Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff. I mean these guys are the GM, the assistant GM you know, high-level guys, and Tito and the coaches would be riding back in their golf carts, and they would have water balloons with them, and they would pelt Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff with water balloons. Like, what? I mean, come on, you're nailing your boss? That's what you want out of your manager. Yeah. They were doing it every day until one, one day they're driving back, and they don't see the guys walking. And they thought, well, maybe they're having a meeting that ran long back at the ballpark. Well, sure enough, they had gone back early and gotten everyone on the front office staff, clubhouse guys, any kids from the front office staff, and they basically (laughs) were waiting for them, like off the second-story roof for where they would drive the golf carts back into the clubhouse. They were waiting for them, and it was, I mean, they just pelted them. And got him back in one fell swoop. <laughs> but that's you know what that's the stuff that it just there's all kinds of little things that 
that he does that keeps things loose. I mean, his first year here, he's doing the Harlem Shuffle uh, for a video, and you're like, my goodness, what is this guy doing? He's the manager of the ball club, but he, he's having fun. He's keeping it loose. The game is too – the best way to play this game is relaxed, and there's too many games to get too worked up over one and get, you know, just playing it tight. You can't do it, and, and he's a master at that. So that's where the funny stuff comes in. And, again, there's, there's just too many to – to remember and name and that kind of thing. But there's that's, an example. That's for you great. That. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thank you so much for making thank time you. for us tonight. Uh, I can't tell you how much it is appreciated that somebody uh, of your stature would give me uh, a lowly little newbie in all this a- any time whatsoever. Uh, I had a lot of fun. It was great. Uh, maybe uh, mid-year, you can come back, give us a state of the Indians around the all-star break. That'd be great. Hey, JT? You guys call me anytime. Don't, uh, stature wise, don't go overboard there. <laughs> just, I'm just a guy calling games, having fun doing it. And, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Sir, you're, Thank you're you. in the hall of fame, uh, for, <laughs> uh, for reason, yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why. You know why how much grief there. I get for being in that Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Hey, you know what the grief you get, you know, let's enjoy the kudos when you get it then. <laughs> and then, uh, you know what? The, the people in Buffalo, uh, it was 11 great years, met my wife there. And, and um, you know, I'm sure Tate has, has good memories of, of that area of the country, too. Yeah. And um, it was time well spent, and uh, we go back any chance we get during the off season. Jim, thank you so much once again Thanks, for joining Jim. us. Thank you. Folks, that was Jim Rosenhouse. Yeah, good luck to the Indians, and uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you again. That was Jim Rosenhouse, everybody, uh, Cleveland Indians radio announcer and the host of Tribe Talk. That was fantastic. That, that was the most – this is why I do this, to have fun like that, to be able to talk to people like that, JT – He's awesome. I could have talked to him I mean, about baseball forever. I mean, that was great. Yeah, it's, and I and I can tell you, living here in Columbus, you got a nice 75, 80 degree summer day, and you got the sweet sounds of Cleveland Indian baseball on the radio while you're doing something outside. He definitely makes it fun to listen to the game. Yeah, yeah. Cleveland Indians radio announcer and the host of Tribe Talk was just with us. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to the fine people at uh, Cleveland Indians Tribe Nation Facebook page. Uh, I just joined their joined their group and uh, look forward to uh, baseball discussions with them. They seem like nice people already. Already, a couple of people from that Facebook page. And again, that was Cleveland Indians Tribe Nation Facebook page. Uh, <laughs> they're wonderful people already talking to me like uh you know i'm one of the family and uh i am big on family so it was nice to be treated like that jt Oof. i don't even know you, follow him up? you know I, and i'm supposed to sit here you, I, what i'm supposed to do is i'm supposed to do a commercial now actually i was supposed to do two so uh without further ado BreadFromYourBed.com is one of our sponsors, folks. Uh, They're great. Joey from BreadFromYourBed.com just doesn't eat food. Uh, He will help you build your company, your website. Do you already have an existing website? Do you need help? Do you not know what SEO is for your website? 
Do you want to know why you're not getting as many hits as you'd like for your website? Can you use some more? Maybe you don't even have a website. Maybe you got a great product, but you don't know how to market it. You know, you have a little hobby at your house. You build stuff. But you don't know, how do I get it sold? How do I get it out there to people? How can I make money? So many people are tired of the rat race, the everyday rat race, dealing with the misery, people, nasty people. When you can work from the comforts of your home, be with your family, and make money from there. You don't have to travel. You don't have to deal with traffic. Joey from Bread from your bed.com is the guy to see. Also, right now, I'd like to talk a little bit about Ryan Walton. Ryan Walton tomorrow from noon until one will be at the Blue Wild Ocean Adventure Expo, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You can go on the bluewild.com. And uh, they'll give you the directions and everything. That's over in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Your chance, Ryan Walton, uh, working out of Jim Abernathy, taking some great dives. You can see some wrecks. You want to go see sharks. Do you want to dive with sharks? You want an opportunity to pet sharks? He does so without a cage, folks. Don't believe everything you hear about sharks, okay? People making good television. That's all they're trying to do with sharks, folks. Uh, also, Sea Life, Ryan Walton will uh, is part of Sea Life and Reef Safe Products, both. Uh, now, Sea Life is, uh, they're a leader and an innovator in underwater photography. Sea Life manufactures quality, easy-to-use underwater cameras. It is the preferred equipment of Ryan Walton, and other great photographers. The Reef Safe products, they're absolutely phenomenal, folks. Great, great products. As the need to protect your skin uh, really becomes more important from the harmful rays, and it's a concern for your family, so does the need to protect the water, though. With Reef Safe, you can have both. Reef Safe's biodegradable, biodegradable formula. There's one for the radio buying to practice. <laughs> Biodegradable formula. All right. I can say it. Piece of cake. It's scientifically proven to be non-toxic to sea life. I mean, it's a great product with a great cause. It, it, it does what it's supposed to do. It protects you from the sun. But unlike a lot of the products out there, folks, that are killing our sea life, please get used to to ocean conservation. What's going on in the oceans is being ignored because we don't live in the oceans. We don't see it day to day. People like Ryan Walton, Jim Abernathy, Sean Heinrich, these are people on the front line. Now, we're going to have those guys in another date, and they they like frequenting the uh, show. Because we do like to look out for our oceans, and we also like to look out for children. Folks, the Fantasy Jester Sports.com page is getting ready to have a Fantasy Jester swag up on the site. And also a vacation contest giveaway. 
where a portion of everything from that page will be going to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I am more than proud to say that we will do everything that we can using our forum to help such a sad, sad charity. A child's last wish. I can't think of anything that much better to associate this show with. Now, folks, bringing JT back in. JT, how you doing, sir? Are you there? I'm doing great. Thank you. All righty. Um, you know, first off, folks, while we're still uh, on that baseball field and, and coming off of that great interview, uh, I want to talk to JT and, and talk to you folks about some of the early surprises. Uh, who has mm. been a good surprise? Who's been a bad surprise? Uh, you know, JT, a lot has gone on early that some yeah. people really didn't see. Now, um, before I ask you uh, which one surprised you in a good way, tomorrow on FantasyJesterSports.com, look for the article by Rookie, good old Rookie boy, Houston, we don't have liftoff. That is an article going to go into depth about what is happening, the early struggles in Houston. Some people have picked, such as myself, to be in the World Series, and I'm not the only one, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the only one crazy enough, I guess. But Houston struggling early out of the gate has to be my pick for down. Uh, now, how about you, JT? What, what's catching your eye, good, bad, uh, that you really didn't expect? Well, we'll start off with the good. And I know a lot of people like this kid, but I don't think anyone expected Mookie Betts to come out of the gate the way, that has, the way he has. I mean, he's shown power numbers. He's stolen a few bags. His plate discipline has been fantastic. Um, definitely a catalyst for that, for that Red Sox offense and made some spectacular catches on the field so far. So I would say I thought he was going to be solid, but really the kid's playing at all-star level right now. You know, and uh, I'm not surprised that he's doing well because it was uh, during the offseason. I want to say it was end of November, beginning of December. You were already in my ear about that kid. You know they've moved that kid all over the all over the diamond defensively too, and unlike some players who you've seen, it really affect their offensive game. Right, right. He's been able he's been able to just say, "Hey, I'll play wherever you want me, and I'm still going to hit at an all star caliber level." The kid, the kid's a prodigy. I think the Red Sox really have something with him. Yeah, you know, and that is a great point, especially uh, for you fantasy players. If you can pick him up, make a trade. I mean, they do put him everywhere. He has capabilities of being everywhere, and he is a solid performer, highly underrated. And, yeah, usually when you move guys around, they're so busy trying to concentrate and spend time during practice, uh, you know, working on their position defensively that it takes away from their time getting reps at bats. And uh, it really doesn't seem to phase that kid from position to position None. at all. Not at all. Not and think, at all. About, think about going from second base. Most of your amateur and minor league career, 
and then all of a sudden coming up to the show and being told, hey, by the way, you're playing center field tonight or you're playing right field tonight. You know, that's 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 a daunting task, especially in Fenway Park. Unless you got Francona telling you the day before, like, uh, you know, Jim was telling exactly. us. Exactly. So. <laughs> but, uh, no, now let me ask you something, uh, because – Another negative, uh, another another two people actually uh, not coming out of the gate as expected. Now, one of them I saw coming out of the gate bad because I, I thought the guy had a career year last year. The other guy, I didn't expect it as much, okay? Uh, Granky for the Granky for Arizona struggling out of the gate. That one surprised me. Archer, I think Archer uh, pitched above his head uh, last year, and that's probably the best year you're ever going to see out of that kid. Um, what are your feelings about those two pitchers? Who's going to snap out well, of it first? Well, you know, normally, and again, if we're talking fantasy perspective, I shy away from pitchers that pitch half their games in a place like Arizona. It's a launching pad. But you looked at his career ERA coming in to the season at Arizona was 1.69. So, and that was over, I believe, six or seven starts. So it's a decent mm-hmm. body of work to say, that's that's a hell of an ERA to have in that ballpark. I will say, what was his last start? Maybe two starts. He's starting to look like he's figuring it out. As far as Archer goes, A, I think they put too many innings on that kid last year. And B, he does not make adjustments. That's the one thing that I've noticed about him. He does not adjust to what the batters are doing. It's, hey, it's almost like another Cleveland reference. We'll go wild saying Ricky Vaughn, hey, here's the Terminator. If you if you get a piece of it, you can rename it. Well, guess yeah. what? They're naming that thing left and right when they go against him right now. Uh, last I heard, one of the guys was calling the shot uh, Jester. Uh, uh, that's what I heard. I don't know. I, I don't want to start any you know. false rumors. Yeah, don't but, do that. Uh, no, but seriously, you know, and, though. Archer just seems to – I thought he was good as maybe like uh, if I was grading on an A to E scale, A being the best. I thought he was a B pitcher, and he just happened to pitch A last year. I thought he was a pitcher way above his head, and uh, I don't know. We're going to see if that's true. Granky though, no, I no. think – go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, finish on your point, and then I'll, I'll ask you my question. Cranky, uh, to me, he's not uh, – I think he, it's in his head that he's the uh, top guy there. I think he's better suited as a number two. I don't think he has a number one mentality, and I think he feels that pressure to be that guy. He puts it on himself. He's a perfectionist, and he puts it on will, himself. Yep. I will agree with you, too. It's a, a nice uh, cushion to have a guy named Clayton Kershaw pitching in front of you in L.A. You know, you don't – and the whole club, uh, I, I'm wondering if it's in his head that the whole club is looking at him to be their Clayton Kershaw. You know, he had the luxury of watching uh, uh, Kershaw pitch and be the number one guy and have it not phase him, Okay. Kershaw seems like, and I could be wrong, but Kershaw seems like he doesn't even give a thought whether he's the number one guy, two guy, three. Just give me the ball, I'm going to pitch. Give me the ball every five days, and I'm going to go yeah. pitch. Yep. Yeah. Granky seems to be the type where it, he he 
stress about it. He, he I don't you know. I wonder if the fact that the Diamondbacks wear a different uniform every single game, too, may be getting in his head a little bit. I mean, the fashion side of this is very important today, you know, the swag. So, you know, maybe he's not feeling the outfit for the day. I think they've worn about 15 different uniforms so far on that club. Oh, and that's the whole marketing thing that they do now. What can they get? You know, how much stuff can we go ahead and get the people to buy? I mean, and you know, I wanted to touch on Wahoo uh, with Jim only from this perspective. And, and just to be silly, you know, they call him chief Wahoo. Last time I checked, he only had one feather. That makes him a brave. <laughs> so this whole time, the Atlanta Braves have sent their own scout into the Cleveland Indians camp and Cleveland never picked up on that. They call them chief. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, that's happened in other teams, um, St. Louis and Houston, for example, and they caught on real quick. <laughs> now, let me, back to now speaking, of Arizona, speaking of Arizona, let me ask you a question. Somebody yeah. that I would say that I'm shocked with their start in Paul Goldschmidt. What do you think's going on there? Nothing. He, he didn't start that great last year either. He started average, and uh, right now – He's uh, he's Goldschmidt. I mean, I, the last person on this planet I'm worried about, and especially from a fantasy perspective, is Goldschmidt. He's still running. He, he already has a steal, I believe, one, maybe two already this year. He's only batting in the 230s so far this year. He, but he starts out so – a lot of your power guys, as they get older, We'll start out so it takes them a little bit just to get going and and whatnot. And right now, you know, I think Arizona also was taken aback when they lost Pollock. That was a big injury. That was the catalyst of their offense, too, right up front. So that was big. So I and, think, you know, that's been a little bit of a distraction and the adjustments. And like I said, again, Goldschmidt – the last guy I'm worried about. But go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, you know, I was just thinking, you look at some of the deals that Dave Stewart's made. You look at some of the moves, something you and I talked uh, off radio about a couple days ago. You know, you bring up a, a top prospect that hasn't been, let's say, the picture of mental toughness in Archie Bradley up with, with on, on a bad note. You didn't even give him a chance to get any confidence, like you said, down in the minors. And you bring him up, and he gets raked. I just think there's a lot of questionable decisions with that franchise in general. And I think yeah. it's starting to affect the team. Yeah, and you know what? You're right. We had talked about this, folks. You know, the funniest thing is we need a microphone on uh, JT and uh, my conversations because after the show, we talked for a little bit. And uh, it was a couple weeks ago. We talked for hours. And then uh, during the week, we also talked production meeting and whatnot and you know that was my greatest thing about them is you have a guy he's a first round pick like Archie Bradley and he's up you know he's not consistent a lot of these teams want to rush these young kids like they're gonna do something for them when they're not consistent yet in the minors how do you take a young man first round pick who has all this potential 
but then you want to rush him before he's ready. I don't understand. That just seems like you're doing a great disservice to him because for, on several levels. If he hasn't figured it out to be consistent on the minor league level, what really makes you think he's going to go, oh, here I am against even better competition. I've got it now. Right. But you don't also give him the opportunity to feel like he should be there. I mean, and if Jester, you get a guy off of his off of the game where he just got rocked, right? And right. oh, hey, listen, kid, off of that game that you just got rocked, listen, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna throw you up on the bigs. Oh, wow! You know, I don't well, understand how that's a recipe the, for success. To keep that Cleveland theme going, this this organization in Arizona has a history of this. Let me take you a few years back. They did the same thing with Trevor Bauer. The guy yeah. wasn't ready. They brought him up to the show. He got knocked around, had a couple of tee starts in there where he'd punch out 10 batters, but uh, pretty much a mid-four, high-four ERA, and they ended up trading him off. Uh, he's in Cleveland now, which is why I say the Cleveland theme. But, and it pains me to say that, you're talking to a lifelong Oakland A's fan. Dave Stewart's one of my all-time favorite pitchers. But being a good pitcher and being a good general manager, two different things. Yeah, you know, one doesn't doesn't necessarily lead to success, but um, and Michael Jordan knows that. <laughs> does it also make you a good owner of a team? Um, <laughs> ooh, that one hurt. That that yeah, that's, that's a little blow on the great one there, huh? Oof, he's Jordan. He can handle it. So, but but anyway, my point is, last thing I'll say about Arizona, I'm I'm still trying to get over the whole Shelby Miller deal with that team. I mean, you look at what Swanson's already doing uh, in the Braves organization. I know he's hurt, but Endar Inciarte would have been a really nice uh, insurance plan losing Pollock. You know, it just, it just seems like they just keep making moves. They keep setting them back. So. Notice you just picked up uh, Inciarte too. Well, actually, I believe that was our, our our friend Kaiserblade that picked him up. I actually took Para once you cut him loose. Yeah, Gerardo Para, I don't need him anymore. I got what I need for those categories. You, you but, got, uh, you got. Even though, even though right now, uh, even though our good friend Tate Dello is taking you behind the woodshed this week, but, you know. This week, yeah, you know, and I, <laughs> I'm surprised that he hasn't called in. I guess because he's busy with everything with Nick. Uh, he hasn't called in to give me any uh, crap about it. But, yeah, after having two uh, very successful weeks to start out in this league, uh, right now Mr. Tate is uh, beating up on me. And that's fine. You know, listen, I came out of the gate fast. I had two great weeks. To have a down week, uh, you know, my winning percentage right now is at six uh, 670 right now. So nice. it takes a little nice. hit. I'll still, I'll still take, uh, you know, I'll take a hit this week and still be over 500. Well, somebody like Tate, you know, the glory is only uh, for the week. Uh, he'll go back to his under 500 ways as he has started so far. And, uh, you know, as much as mine is anomaly for, uh, you know, being bad, that's pretty much, uh, that, that, that's pretty much where his team is. Uh, he's you know, had a good week when he should you know, you know, Justin, we're partners and all. I mean, you got to look out for your partner. And, you know, even though I didn't really look out for you with Bill, I'm going to look out for you now. 
you know, I'm actually going to look out for the Sun Fun crew because, in reality, if you drop this week's matchup, it's going to be two in a row because there's a hurricane coming for you next week. Yeah, um, folks, and this is what I'm going to have to deal with next week. Uh, we are playing each other. Starting Monday, JT and I uh, square off head-to-head and uh, – you know, I, I'm happy for JT in, in this sense. Okay, I can only, I can only imagine, and, and really, I can only imagine. I don't know what it's like, but when you have the opportunity to, to face somebody like me in fantasy sports, it, it must be a special time in your life. And enjoy, sir. Whatever the outcome is, uh, I hope I hope you enjoy your time uh, and your experience in playing me. Uh, the great one himself. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, without, the great one. The great one. I'll remember that. The great one. Okay. I'll remember that next week. And and folks, you'll know how I'm doing next week. Uh, if I'm winning, JT will be on the show. If I'm losing, I will have a guest host. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to really be hard for you to find someone that hasn't beaten you, though, to bring on the show. Listen, everybody beats me at one point or another. It's what happens in, in, in the end, you know. And uh, in, in the end, we know what my percentages are. And listen, I yes, can't win do. every. Yes, we I do. can't win. Yeah, I can't win every league. I can't. No, and, I mean, and as yeah, good as you are, I'm you don't. I'm proud. Either. I'm just proud to be a big part of that twenty-eight <laughs> percent. I believe you're boasting a seventy-two. Something there, so 70, I know I'm, a big part uh, I'm of down point. to 71 right now, currently. Uh, winning percentage. Okay, so I'm in that. So I'm in that. So I'm in that 29 percent. I like that. I like living there. I plan on you, you know moving in right there and just kind of you know, getting a nice comfortable chair and uh, you know getting on my computer and uh, having some fun on fantasygestersports.com. You uh, you've been on both sides of that percentage, sir. You have a good one now. Uh, last week I didn't. Last year I didn't see you uh, finishing the money in this league that we're talking about. Now listen, all right, listen, everybody. My elders. That's true. That's true, and I'm glad you are, sir. Now, what I want to do is, and just calling in is uh, our esteemed colleague. Our now, I am happy to bring on Jason Busy J. Cordner. Folks, okay, if you go. haven't had the yeah, if you haven't had the opportunity yet uh, to read some of his articles on fantasyjesterSports.com, look for his articles on a regular basis. I'm happy to say he has joined us. He is going to be a full time writer on radio shows. We're going to build a couple radio shows uh, on the Fantasy Jester Network. And you can uh, see Jason or hear Jason actually on those shows uh, coming up recently, uh, a great article. I don't know if any of you are new day fans or wrestling fans, but uh, a great article, Jason, how are you, sir? I'm good. How's everybody doing post four twenty? What's going on busy Jay? I am. Uh, I'm in one piece. Yeah, I was hoping uh, you were going to be on tonight. You know, I, I have to throw something at you, bro. Your thoughts on Samoa Joe taking the belt and Balor saying C on Monday? I love it. I love it. And you know what? You know what it reminds me of, guys? It reminds me of that when we saw first saw WCW with the Outsiders coming in and then Hogan turned 
on WCW yep. and he formed the NWO. This is what we're seeing here, folks. We're seeing the formation of the Bullet Club with Finn Balor's going to pretty much run things with those guys for the summer, and it's only going to set up the inevitable Shield reunion for SummerSlam. That's where I'm pretty much seeing where the summer's going. And I'm like glad that. Samoa Joe won the title. I'm glad Samoa Joe won the title. He should have won it at NXT TakeOver Dallas. I guess they were delaying the inevitable, which was pretty good considering how Monday Night Raw has been going since WrestleMania. So I'm all on board. Bring Fitton I like up to it. the main roster. I like it a lot. Only, only fear I have is I hope that the developmental staff or the creative staff doesn't create another Nexus type of storyline. I was not a fan of the whole Nexus thing. Agreed. I wasn't a fan of Nexus, but I think they know they you know they know that the average wrestling mark is smart. They know we're smart, and they know we know who the Bullet Club are. We know about New right. Japan Pro. We know about TNA. So I don't think they're going to throw it that way. They're probably not going to call themselves the Bullet Club. Maybe they might call it the Valor Club. Who knows? But um, they go. know. They know. They know we're Look. smarter than that. So they can't come. They got. They can't half-ass it this time around. Right. You know, Looking forward to it. I I can't get over uh, guys and, and folks. One of the shows that are going to be coming up is a uh, wrestling show. We don't even have a name for it yet, but I'm going to give you an idea of the premise. It's going to be uh, myself, Jason, Joey, and Bill. I've talked to Bill about this, about doing an actual wrestling show with him, and, and we've got that in the works we're going to bring to you. We don't have a name yet. What we do have a Sounds name like- for, though, is the Thursday show, the Gridiron Guys. Um, that's going to be phenomenal. Um, but here's the thing about wrestling and what I'm really starting to learn about how big wrestling is. Um, you know, I, I was putting up the article for the new day. Uh, I'm getting used to Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, folks, and, and putting our articles out there for people to read. And like I alluded to earlier, Jason wrote a great article uh, regarding uh, the new day and their position in the WWE I loved it, and I'm here. I am. I'm putting it everywhere, and I get a uh, like back on Twitter. Now, Twitter is something new for me. I never saw myself as a twit, although I've been called a. <laughs> oh, twit I have boy. for a long time. Yeah, I know you have, and I can always count on you. Thank you so much. Um, you see what I have to deal with, folks, uh, and really, I'm ready to fly him down here for that wrestling match in June. Um, but here's what I learned. Now, I am proud to say that in a short time, a month, uh, maybe a month and a half, I've been a twit on Twitter. I have over 500 followers in that short time, and they're growing uh, pretty quick, uh, and I'm proud of that. Until today. <laughs> Until today when Frances- Trombone Francesca, the trombone for the New Day, has its own Twitter page. <laughs> the trombone has 3,500 followers. Wow. I have a trombone. My goal is to beat a trombone. That is uh, my you know, aim high. I I can't get over a trombone <laughs> has a Twitter page. 
Lordy, lordy. And, and it's great. They seem, the person running it seems really nice and all that. We talked a little bit, but yeah, tra- trombone Francesca. There you go. Uh, that That's where wrestling has brought us that, that trumpet. Uh, the uh, trombone has its own. But uh, no, uh, Jason, I, I'm glad you're here because we were getting ready to uh, finish out the show talking football. We have the NFL draft coming up this week, everybody. Thursday night. Uh, football people, tell me the truth. Isn't this great? I used to... Uh, you know, I guess the statute of limitations is over on being able to be punished for this. I used to take off from school the day of the uh, football draft and uh, prepare for it back when I was in high school and I had to ride the horse and buggy there. And um, the draft always uh, always represented, the, the, this is it. Here we go. Let's get ready. You know, free agency is nice, but... This is, a, this is really, we're going to get some new young talent. This is where the season starts. I really start talking about football. From the draft on out, it was football, 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 as much as I could. And, you know, we're getting ready for the draft. And what we're going to do is, I had mentioned the gridiron guys. We're going to have a special gridiron guys this coming Friday. And you're going to want to keep an eye out on that for on the FantasyJesterSports.com website because I am going to attend, the Fantasy Jester is going to attend the Miami Dolphins draft yes. party. I can't even begin to tell you how I'm looking forward to that. Now, I plan to go there in full Jester. I will be in um, at my teal beard. No orange. Uh, I'm going straight teal, straight blue glasses. Uh, I figure this way. I am six foot one, uh, 280 pounds with a blue beard. I should be noticed and uh, well seen throughout the camp. And we'll be able to talk to several players. And we'll see what that all turns into for everybody. Looking forward. I can't even begin to tell you how I'm looking forward to that. I mean, as we continue to do everything that we can here at FantasyJesterSports.com and our radio shows to bring you the best guests, to bring you the best information. And as we move on now talking about football, I want to talk a couple of teams that nobody's talking about really. Arizona, I guess maybe it's a West Coast thing or whatever. Um, they just added to their D-line, and that team, I don't know, that team looking scary for next year. The Honey Badger will be back. Yeah, to the D-line. The offense is coming back. I mean, it really, that's shaping up for a team to make well, a serious run. And I know I have mentioned Green yeah. Bay. But Arizona, folks, how are you guys? What you, JT, what, first we'll go with JT, then we'll go with Jason. Well, a full Thoughts season of David Johnson is what I'm excited about. I mean, we, we only saw this guy towards the end of the season. You know, all, talking about all-purpose back, this guy is going to be exciting. And you have him out of the backfield. He picks up the blitz well. He runs between the tackles. He runs off tackle. So this this is the guy I think – and we're talking fantasy or we're talking just straight NFL, this is the guy that's going to finish top three amongst NFL running backs in all-purpose yards when the season's over. 
and I have another name I want to throw out to you in a minute, but for let me ask Jason. Uh, Jason, is there? I mean, you are Jason. First of all, everybody covers every damn sport out there. He is. He's just <laughs> like absolutely. Really, that is what's great. And if you notice, uh, everyone, and, and I want to point this out. The staff here, the people that are bringing you the news, the writing staff, the people on the shows, JT, myself, and Jason, the writers on the staff, all of us cover every damn sport. We love sports, and we really dive into it. Jason Busy J. Cordner happens to be one of those guys that I love, I can sit and talk to forever, just like JT. I mean, we really need to put a mic on mine and uh, Busy J's <laughs> conversations because he really, folks, don't miss his articles. I am proud, proud to have him on our website. Don't miss his articles. Jason, Busy J, who do you think, who, who aren't we talking about in the NFL that we should be paying attention to coming into this draft. You know what? I kind of it goes back to the 420 episode. I, I don't know if you remember, but I said Arizona's going to win the NFC this year, and they're going to probably it's going to be them and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I don't think people's talking enough about Arizona. I actually don't think people's talk, talk talking enough about the Bengals. They're going to have another year under their belt. They're going to be pissed off at what happened with Pittsburgh. They're going to want to take it on the whole NFC. I'm the AFC North. I, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for Denver. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Oakland. Oakland reminds me of a basketball equivalent of San Antonio. Slowly but surely, no one talks about them, but we'll find them towards the end. I think we're going to see an amazing season from the Oakland Raiders. I'm giving them a 10 and 6 record right now, not Ooh. pertaining into who, they, not pertaining in who they draft in the draft. That could increase by a game. Or two. Well, you know, I, it, you know, one of the things I find amazing before I let uh, JT at you, <laughs> um, I can't believe how many people are still on Cincinnati. If I hear Cincinnati yeah, one more time, I'm going to get, I'm going to get sick if somebody says that one more time. <laughs> I, I really, I, I don't understand. They just lost. Their offensive Everyone. coordinator. Well, forget players. I'm talking about they're, they're going ahead now, and they lost their uh, coordinator. I don't understand how that bodes well for success. I mean, I don't know how that leads to success. All of a sudden, a team that struggles, struggles, struggles is going to find themselves after, after right. they lose their coordinator? Well, I don't know. And they lose their defensive backs, Coach. They lose their defensive backs coach in Vance Johnson. Joseph, that all the players on that defense say was basically the heart and soul of that defense. You know, he, he kept all the players fired up, uh, considered him a great schemer, uh, set up a great secondary for him. I just I almost thought you had Bill back on the show for a minute there when, when Jason <laughs> said uh, Cincinnati. I was waiting for a stop at myself, but I got to hit you on Oakland. So Why? tell me. You know, who, you're not crazy who, about Oakland. Who? Who is gonna who's gonna cover anybody on this secondary? Well you, we're you talking about their, their top draft pick, Hayden from a couple years ago, 
that guy couldn't cover somebody with a wet paper, you know, paper plate. I mean, the guy's terrible. Hit him, Jason. Hey, Busy J, hit him. He didn't read the article. Who you got as a potential pick? I really think I really have have faith in the Bengals. I'm telling you, have faith in the Bengals. Have faith in definitely watch out for the Raiders. The Raiders are my sleeper. Everybody's taking Jacksonville as a little sexy sleeper pick right now because of all the talent they have on offense and how much they spend on defense. But I'm telling you, watch out for the Raiders. Well, no, that's, have a little... that's fantastic. I'm just waiting for you to tell me who's going to cover someone in their secondary. Who do they have to <laughs> shut anybody down? It is the are gone. No, but in his article, he has them taking uh, a cornerback. He has them taking Mackenzie Alexander. The guy who has zero career interceptions in college. Listen, I don't I, – this was – it wasn't my division, so you can pick – listen, next week you'll have all show if you want to pick on my oh, two divisions when all, I post them. All respect to Busy. The man knows his stuff. That's why I'm asking him. See, I, he, I know he knows his stuff. I'm just – I'm just giving a little a little friendly, you know, debate on that one. I mean, I'm yeah, an ACC no guy. I'm a Miami Hurricane guy. There's there's no Hell receivers man. in the ACC. You're right about that. I should know because I'm a big Florida State fan. So you're absolutely right about that. So you know, but hey, I'll be. I look forward to the. I look forward to the show on Friday. I think you and I are going to be fast friends. <laughs> my question, my question on the AFC West, okay, is. You know, I notice a lot of people, not, not none of anybody on our panel, I think maybe one, I, I, I could be wrong, man, never mind. Um, Kansas City Chiefs? Nobody's feeling the Chiefs, huh? Alex Smith, I just, I, there you I don't go, know. Yeah. He's a he nice ranked, game manager. He, he's a nice game ranked. manager that doesn't have Baltimore's defense to win it for him. Mm-hmm. There you go. Because I was going to say, if you really rank all the quarterbacks, out there, he may be a little bit better than Mark Sanchez, and that's not saying much. Nope, I agree with you completely. You know, people ride, people ride Sanchez, and all right, I get it. He's a good character to pick on, okay? Butt fumble boy <laughs> and fumble. all that. But I'm going to say this one more time, and hopefully now by saying it on the air, it'll cut down on how many times I've had to say this <laughs> argument, Okay. The first three years of his career, identical numbers to Eli Manning. The difference was the Giants built around Manning, gave him receivers and stuff like that. The Jets went out and kept getting backup quarterbacks instead. They didn't give him oh, anything. My. They didn't have a running right. game when he was there. They didn't, get, they didn't have wide receivers. They sure didn't have Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Okay, you know they they were throwing to nobodies when he was there. Oh man, imagine that! Now if he was with the Jets, he would have had two solid wideouts, and he would have had a forte. Uh, or at, at the very least, last year Ivory. Yeah, Ivory was good. That's why I said look out for Jacksonville. You know, I'll, I'll Jacksonville... tell you right now, I'd I'd still take the Amish rifle over Sanchez. Uh. Yeah, yeah. In the end, I mean, you know, that's him. who yeah. he's compared to. He's considered, you know, he's considered, uh, you know, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, like an Andy Dalton. You know, he's one of those kind of that tier of quarterback a lot of people would look at. I mean, the guy led to what the AFC title game twice is what mm-hmm. he's credited with. I'd say that's really two words. Darrell Revis led them. Oh, yeah. 
Am I the only one? And Jason, uh, uh, Busy Jay, I'm going to go to you uh, first, right after me on this one. Uh, Am I the only one that thinks that Washington overpaid for Norman? I mean, Norman isn't a lockdown corner. He played well in the system, but man on man is not his specialty. And if I'm going to pay $15 million for a corner, he better be able to lock up on everyone next to Jesus. I mean, totally agree. I, totally agree. Did they overpay, Jason? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely overpaid. Washington was like, hey, you know, we have some money here. Come and take our money. Hopefully you could lock down uh, Odell Beckham two games a year for us as well as Des Bryant. He's That's not locking down Odell. The only person that locked down Odell in that game was Odell. That first quarter, okay, he was pissing all over Norman, okay? And then Norman was smart enough to get in his head. Now, he, what we're going to find out, okay, isn't necessarily how good Norman is. We're going to find out how mature Odell Beckham gets over the offseason. That's the big question. See, as a Giants fan, okay, I'm staring this down. First of all, please give me Treadwell at 10. Because look at our wide receivers. We're hoping that Cruz comes back. And you're hoping that the league hasn't figured out, well, just get into Odell's head. And, you know, what if Odell ends up being a head case? What if this kid never matures? What if he gets hurt? Then you're left with just Cruz. Then you're left with next to nothing. So, first of all, they've got to take a wide receiver at 10, and, and it'll be Treadwell, and I'm hoping for that. Also for this, Odell and Cruz aren't big guys. The Giants need a big red zone target besides their tight end, folks. I mean, this is just it. But, no, the question for the Giants, I believe, is uh, will Odell grow up? And that's a big question because that's going to be Let me me throw this thought out of both you guys. So I heard a a wise man once said, free agency – is a punishment for the teams that draft poorly. So I honestly believe that. You look at, what, 70% of the big money free agents, do they ever live up to the money or the previous production? Because most of the time they don't. You know, do you think Norman is going to be a travesty on the level of when the Redskins paid all that money to Albert Hainsworth? Yeah. Are we talking that bad? Not not that bad, but like like Justin said, I really think he's – I think he was a product of the system. Now he's outside of the system. Now he's right. going to get exposed. He's going to get exposed. But, hey, I don't blame him for grabbing the money. And it's something, if, if something when a team rescinds on the franchise tag. I've never seen that before in the last no, me neither. 15, me neither. 15 years. So that means they know something, and they're like, you know what? We're not going to pay him this money because we don't know he's, he's going to be that productive next season. So, hey, well, that, just that's them, a dynamic. That's a dynamite setup right there. I, I agree with you completely, and that directs my question right to Jester that he asked a few minutes ago about that defensive line lineman that Arizona acquired in Chandler Jones. For the Patriots to get rid of that guy for what they did, they know something. Bill Belichick is not dumber than the rest of the league. Yep. I, don't, I don't know about that. Here's what I know. I think they got rid of him, first of all, um, because of what happened, I guess there was a lot of problems there before the playoffs, okay? 
And if you ask marijuana, whatever it was. Ask me if Gronkowski, if uh, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm going to go there. I really don't care. I don't owe anything to Bill Belichick or the New England Patriots, folks. Okay. Had Gronkowski been black, he'd be out of there too. The Patriots are a very white team, folks. Let's not let's not lie. Okay. <laughs> Had Gronkowski you know, been black, he'd be gone. And what's funny you say that is former first round pick in twenty fourteen, Dominic Easley, defensive lineman, just cut loose by the Patriots as well. How often do you see them cut loose first-round picks that quickly? You know, and, yeah, and what I don't understand is, you know, Johnny Manziel and all these guys, uh, um, uh, Josh Gordon and all these guys, all right, uh, they're being watched so hard by the league and by everybody else. Yeah, I, 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 all right, somebody please tell me, and, and hey, listen, personally, I don't care whether these guys are out partying after the game. I really don't care. Have fun. You're making millions. You should be partying. Okay. But here's the thing. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you're going to have the rules set up, have the rules set up and uniform for everybody. How the hell is Gronk able to post pictures of him partying constantly? Okay. At this place, that place, and this place. And nobody's talking about his drinking or partying problem. That, that's an easy answer on that one. Who's uh, who's one of the basically – which owner not named Jerry Jones has the most power yeah. in the NFL? Robert Kraft. Absolutely. That well, dude has so much power in the NFL and the goings-on that I don't think anyone other than Jerry Jones would dare oppose him. Well, he's got he's got power, but he also ha- – I mean, he also has uh, – he's colorblind. Because, listen, you got rid of Jones that quick, okay? Uh, uh, but you keep somebody like Gronk because it's cute. Now, which is it? Is it wrong or is it cute? That's my point there with them. Okay, now let me ask you something, guys. And Because and, we only got a little over three minutes left. And I really want to talk about this because this is a lot of talk. We get a lot of talk down here. Uh, obviously, for the three Florida football teams. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville's everybody's pick, and and they have been mine. I I had to sell my son on the idea of Jacksonville last year that he should really pay attention to them because they were up and coming. I really liked Bortles. He he wasn't crazy about them. He wasn't sold on them. And now, you know, he is, and and I'm glad. But – you know, and then you got Miami, and I'm going to tell you right now, uh, it's my early prediction. Miami's going to surprise a lot of people this coming year, uh, and I'll get into that. You'll be able to read my articles about that this coming week as I do the NFC East and the AFC East as my review divisions this week. Uh, you'll be able to read that on FantasyJesterSports.com. But the one team that people around here are really talking about as, you know, a young offense that they're going to be nice as they continue to gel. What's everybody, uh, and uh, Busy Jay, I'm going to start with you, your opinion of Jameis Winston. Uh, I personally happen to like the young man. How, how do you feel? Do you feel that he is uh, he is the future for the Bucks? They made the right choice. Do you see him progressing, or do you see him uh, taking a step back this year? 
Actually, you know, I'm a big Jameis fan. You know, I'm a Florida State fan, so I followed him from back then. I think he's going to pro- – he's not going to regress. He's going to progress. The only thing I question is how committed would be the coach, the new coach would be to him. I, this is probably the quietest offseason he's ever had. I mean, going back to Florida State, he's always in the news. This is the first offseason where I've heard nothing about the kid, which is a sign of maturity and leadership. So I'm happy about that. The Bucks just need to build around him, and they'll be fine. Beautiful. I've got a minute and a half left, 30 seconds to you. JT, what are you feeling on James? All right. I was worried about Jameis when I saw Lovey Smith get fired out of the blue. But in a brilliant move, you keep Dirk Cutter, who was the quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator for Jameis last year, so he's comfortable with him already. And I've read many things that say Cutter had a lot of say in drafting this kid, so I don't think he misses a beat. If Mike Evans can stop dropping everything, you're going to see a nice combination between those two this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, guys, that's what time we have. Folks, this has been a fantastic show tonight with Jim Rosenhaus of the Cleveland Indians. Uh, From my esteemed colleagues, JT and Busy J, and everyone here at FantasyJesterSports.com, thank you so much for listening Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you all. You all make it possible for us to wrap our lives in sports. Don't forget to catch us next week. Fantasy Justice Show, Saturday. Gridiron Guys on Friday. This has been the Fantasy Jester. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am out of here.